0: stay focused burn work through your 20s so you you know what I mean you can really be in a great position in your 30s you know what I mean so if anything I just feel like my grind kind of started a little later than it should have you know what I mean so if I were to tell myself younger I'd just be like yeah just, just grind focus and take risks and don't play the rule don't play by the rules people expect you to because that's their rules you know as long as you're not disrespecting anyone you know just grind hard and just be a cowboy out here, shit. Uh,
1: stop looking at me like you've seen a man like this before. I'm on my greatness chase like MJ after off the wall. I know it ain't going to come easy, but I'm ruthless, boy. I'm about to build my empire like I'm Lucius, boy.
2: Welcome to Behind the Bars by Red Bull, where we get to dissect the lyrics of some of the rappers that have come through and dropped 64 bars as part of the Red Bull series, which I've been fortunate enough to exactly produce and direct. My name's Macario D'Souza, aka Kid Mac, and we're going to hear some stories and creative processes of the rappers. This episode is with Southwest Sydney artist B-Wise. He's an OG of the game, making music and running with the cream of hip-hop's crop in Australia for the past decade. A relatable storyteller with a smooth tone, capturing the essence of what it's like to grow up around the area. Let's chat to him about his creative process. We got uh, none other than B-Wise in the house. How you doing, bro? I'm good, brother. How are you, Mike? Good, man. Good to see you, man. It's been a while and uh, it's been some weird times, but uh, what's been happening in your world, man?
0: Man, it's been a bit, yeah, crazy like everyone else, man, just trying to get it through 2020 and figure out how the year is and 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 and, and what to do and just adjust, but... um. Yeah, man, everything's been calm, you know, just been tucked away in the lab, just writing, working on this, my second album. And um, the time couldn't have come at a better, it couldn't have been a better time to sort of do it, Um, you know, just focus on that and no distractions. So just trying to make the most of what this year's become, you know.
2: And so let's talk about the evolution of B-Wise over the years, you know, like you've been in this game for a long time now, you know, and you've just gone from strength to
0: strength. What do you put it to now? What, What inspires you now? What keeps you driving? Now it's about what inspires me. Um, is about just finding myself a hundred percent, you know, through whether it be through life itself and through music, because like you said, like I, yeah, I've been recording uh, in studios for a amount of years, but um, <clears throat> I feel like everything's just kind of started to fall into place maybe the last couple of years, you know, that I've been doing it as the scene in Australia grows a lot as well, you know, and being part of that forefront of just pushing the culture in Australia, it's like that's um. That's that's sort of where I'm at. But now it's just about finding myself as an individual, becoming content with who I am uh, as an adult male and just fucking, you know, just pushing forward, finding myself. So that's what's keeping me inspired through music. Man.
2: Do you feel like you've been – you've kind of like – I feel like survived this little transition period of, of hip-hop in Australia where it's gone like the old school is a bit more – you know sort of anglo hip-hop yeah. and finally we started to get some some sort of flavor and, and culture come through yeah. um and a bit more that international sounding
0: like wave do you would you agree with that yeah man like i think it's i think that's you know that's what's the progression was always going to be that way like you know not to beat around the bush australia is a it's a it's a anglo-saxon country you know what i mean it's it's a it's an Aboriginal country, I should say that. It's an Indigenous Australian. But, however, the majority of people here is, like, you know, uh, are white. So oh, it's only going to be natural, I think, that in the early start uh, stages um, and steps that Australian artists or rap artists were the ones that sort of came up, but they're telling their stories and they're telling what's, you know, um, what's relevant to them and their listeners, and they help build a, you know, a, a foundation in this country and a lot of artists in that, a lot of Australian artists still continue to build a foundation and they're still doing what they're doing. But then like with people like, you know, myself and other artists who, you know, come from, you know, multicultural homes and multicultural backgrounds and um, bring different cultures. Like I'm still an Australian, but, you know, I've just, you know, I've got a um, little mix to me, you know what I mean? Like that being from West Africa and, and whatnot and a lot of other artists who have their different backgrounds. So now their voices are becoming heard through, you know, the internet and, you know YouTube and all of that now, where radios and and labels and all that can't argue with it anymore. Like they can't, they see what's happening and they're like, all right, we have to have a look at these people. So it's only right that now there's a good blend of you know of artists that have their different styles, their different stages, their different, the different flavors, and it just leaves the listener to be like, all right, I'm gonna listen to what I want to listen to, and I'm, this is what I'm, I'm rocking with, and this is what I can relate to, and this is what I can't.
2: What do you think that does for for the next generation? You know, there's got to be a mix of multicultural kids you know immigrant kids just like listening and yeah. do you think it's actually given them finally for the first
0: time the platform and a confidence to like you know yeah follow through i think there's rather the floodgates is open now heavily and like you know let's let's be frank even like you know with with, with acts like one four now having such a massive influence and in not just here in australia but also now starting to make imprints overseas it's showing other kids here from that it's possible you know what i mean like with myself and with you know with a few other artists who are doing it we're, we're breaking ways in this country but still also trying to grow our brand out there overseas but with other acts who are now like we're just not non-arguable kids are looking at like okay i can come out oh, i can do this i can do this rap thing now as well there's uh, with, with doing that you know what i mean it also takes a lot of time building up your craft and building up your quality and a lot of these kids as well who's out here like jumping on this mic you've got to realize it's not a Overnight thing, you've got to be prepared to put in the the, the put in the hard work. It just You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen overnight. And also be mindful and um, on top of like, you know, there's a business too. So to be happy, able to have that longevity, they've got to figure out not just the music but how the business works also. It's funny you say that, man. Like I've been out of the game for
2: years, only stepping back into it because I've had the time yep. with all the lockdowns. And for me, it's such a different world with like it almost feels like 90% social media algorithms and platforms mm. and 10% actually making music
0: <laughs> yeah bro that's exactly what it is like it you know the algorithms are just they just pop for some people or some people that like, to do the long run you know what I mean but it's also a marathon we've got to go to work man it takes time I think marathon is, is the key word here it's a lot of it is survival of the fittest and yep. you know how, how many years
2: have you been doing this for now all
0: right so if I were to say like like rapping and just being in recording studios and that, I'll say about ten years, just over ten years maybe. So, but as far as it like now being like an occupation, like a job, you know what I mean? Probably the last two and a half years, three years maybe. How does it make it. you
2: feel, bro? Like for me standing here, that yeah. that makes me proud. You know, of yeah, you, man, it's that's your occupation.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, it makes me proud. If I can, you know, I'm just yes. you know, just sit there and be like, you know, I can live and take care of my family and that and myself off of this craft you know what I mean and even this year being a wild year that has been and still not have to worry as much you know but that's also oh, that's also what I was mentioning about just making sure that it's not just the art too making sure you are running a business you know what I mean and making sure that you're prepared for all these things and me being doing this rapping and all that and you know I, I do a lot of research you know I, I look at not just artists but I look at other artists who are also like entrepreneurs and things like that and they you know what I mean like yes. you know exactly what I'm talking about so just people who know how to make the right moves as well
2: Yeah, yeah what have been some of your career highlights?
0: Career highlights, I'll say, um, one was like yeah when I like when I like hit that one year of where like I didn't have to go back to like my regular day job because I was just like was like if I can make it twelve months that'll be sweet. <laughs> and another one was probably like playing Splendid in the Grass, you know, to a full out full tent. Um, my first headline show at the Lansdowne Hotel, like my first sold out headline, um, you know. Uh, they're probably they're probably my top three at at this point. So and I'm looking for there's other goals that are on the on the on the board, you know. So there's other goals that I want to keep ticking off, but for now they're probably like my, the first three that come to mind.
2: Massive three, man. You know, everyone is always editing their world and putting it on Instagram yeah. and talking about the highlights. Yep. But let's be real and talk about the low points. What would have yeah. been some of your lower points in your, in the last ten years? Uh,
0: um, I think the lowest point is just like the struggle of thinking, you know, like, like what, you know, is this feasible? Is it, you know, is it doing because, you know, this is a dream, this is a talent and and doing it over all these years. I've been sort of doing this when it wasn't really like you look at, you look in the industry and to touch on one of the questions you said before, you know, I look in the industry, not really see too many artists do look like, you know, look like us and look like, you know, like yourself. So you think, oh, is this feasible? Is this a dream? And then, you know, you're chasing this and you're trying to make it work and then also, like, real life is hidden, you know what I mean? you got, like, family members sick and, you know, people like, you know, bills are stacking up and you come from, like, nowhere to live just being broke, you know what I mean? Like, just being poor and whatever. But, you know, and, and not a sob story but just going through real life whilst chasing this dream. And it's hard to balance that, you know what I mean? And while you're chasing, you know, what you want to do, you know, life is kind of steadily going by. You know, you've seen friends get married. You've seen people have friends, have kids and all that stuff. And, you know, you just kind of like sacrificing all those things for this one other goal. You know what I mean? So if anything, like that's probably just like like one of the lowest points that I can I can remember. And the other one maybe was before I recorded my debut album, Area Famous was, um, you know, when I started getting on the tour circuit and all that stuff like that. Ended up one year, I think it was like 2016, after I dropped my first EP, it was like I ended up doing something like, I don't know, 100 and something, 120, maybe 110 like live shows, like support acts, my own shows, festivals, you name it. I just got stretched in, came back into 2017 and after all this like hype or something and then I had no new music. I didn't record anything during that period. So I got a little bit too big for my boots. So to acknowledge that and be like, all right, cool. So I spent all 2017 just on a low, like just watching everything kind of pass me by and all these opportunities because I was writing this album. But then when I dropped that album, then things just went back to where it was even better, you know. So, But I learned my lessons from those experiences.
2: What advice would you give to Babywise 10 years ago of what to look out for? And how to navigate through this jungle.
0: Look out for these scammers. <laughs> Look out for the scammers. <laughs> no, man. For a younger me, I'll probably be like, 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 don't, don't waste time. Like, and this might sound funny because it seems like what I was already doing, but earlier on, like, like take risks. Don't play people, don't play pe- ball the way people expect you to play ball. Make your own rules, take risks. And don't waste a minute, you know what I mean? Don't waste time and you know so much socializing and all these other little things like that. Like stay focused, burn, work through your twenties. So you you know what I mean, you can really be in a great position in your 30s, you know what I mean? So if anything, I just feel like my grind kind of started a little later than it should have. You know what I mean? So if I were to tell myself younger, I'd just be like, yeah, just just grind, focus and take risks and don't play the rule don't play by the rules people expect you to, because that's their rules. You know, as long as you're not disrespecting anyone, you know, just grind hard and just be a cowboy out here, shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Influencers, we talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk through what are some of your musical influences. And I know you have yeah. a whole array of different genres of influences. Yeah. You can hear it in your music, yeah. you know. So what have been, say, your top three influences?
0: Well, top three, like I love Kendrick. That's, you know, as cliche as it sounds. I love Kendrick Lamar, like. Um, and everything he represents and what he does and how he does it. I've been following him since, you know, mixtape days, um, since overly dedicated. That's what I kind of caught on to him. And then um, after that, I think it's like, you know, like, you know, who's passed away? Like Tupac, I love I love him as a music influence um, for what he represents when he's alive and what he did, you know, good and bad. Look at the good and the bad that, you know, that he went through to sort of learn from those journeys nipsey hustle is another one who's an extreme influence to me you know what i mean like uh yeah everything about that man like i just am a full student of you know what i mean and then on a music scale like i've been listening to a lot of like Wretch 32 from um from the uk you know i love skeppy you know just people who are just are not afraid to try new things in music
2: sick man and then as far as your creative process do you you know are you the kind of rapper that you know you kind of need to hear that beat to sort of get a vibe or you start yeah. writing ideas already or how do you what what is your I process need, I need
0: the beat always mm-hmm. the beat is the beat is the one that that lets that lets me feel the direction I'm going to go that day 100% so wherever that beat is going I've got something for it I just dig into that section that I've been storing or whatever when I go that way
2: And when you come to piecing your album which you know I believe you're doing at the moment mm-hmm. do you have a list of potential kind of ideas, topics or stories that you kind of like is your go-to and then wait for your beat to then work out which match yeah, up. Yeah,
0: um, on the first album I did that, I kind of like had, okay, I wanted – because that's the first time you're going to, you know, get your life up into that point on your debut album. So there was topics that I put aside and I was like, okay, this is one, this is one topic I want to address, this is one mood. And then so it has a synergy. With this one, the latest project, it's actually more of um, we – getting getting together with a group of producers and other artists that I love and then I'm a fan of, but also feel we're all in the same boat where it's just like it's a bit of an underdog feel, you know what I mean? Like you feel like you still have a lot more to prove. So I'm in a room of people who can tell you, be honest with you, you know, um, push you, you know, things like that. So this mood is more about collaboration and just about pushing each other and, and, and pushing the boundaries of, of music. So whatever I hear on the production or if I hear on the beat, then I'm going to have something for it, you know, what I've experienced, you know, this past couple of years and that. You're,
2: you seem to have represented, you know, the clique, the the area, like with Area Famous and everything like yeah. that. Um, when it came to writing your 64 bars, mm. is that something you wanted to represent? Because I know the brief to you was, you know, what's home to you. Yeah. How did you
0: attack that? With with the I'm home brief and, and at that period, um, like I said just before, is that up until that point, you know, you're gonna you want to speak about what your life was up until that point, and when you feel it was the right time to say those things, then it was the right time, and that's what happened. So with 64 bars and them saying like, "What's home to me?" Then I was able to talk about the Southwest. So, for example, spending basically the majority of my uh, younger years and teenage years to an early adult in South, like in Liverpool, in Southwest Sydney, and then also incorporating just the broader region as well, spending time, a little bit of time in Campbelltown or whatever. But th- with me and with, um, with the home and, and repping there, is, it's always been something that's been in my music. You can take back, you know, anything I've recorded from like, you know, 2010, 2011. Whereas now it's more prominent now. Everyone has now got more of this. They've got their own story to tell. They can say what they want to say about it. But for me and talking about home, I had to address like what I went through, my experiences uh, of living and coming up there.
2: So I'd like to revisit your bars from back there and yep. um, what I'd like to do is actually use your 64 bars as a way to get into your personal story. So yep. what we'll do is we'll go through and, um, you know, I'll read out a couple of the lines back to you and if you could just break it down to me. Yep. First
0: off, who was on the beat on this one? It was I Am Solo. So, yeah, I Am Solo and that was one of the early ones that he had given me too and I had no place for it. I didn't know where to put it. It was for, some, for a side project actually. And then I, and then when this came up, and then when I got asked to do it, and then I just was like, Yeah, this is the perfect beat for it.
2: And you kinda of took a whole storytelling approach with this, it yeah. feels like, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: stop looking at me like you seen a man like this before. I'm on my greatness, chase like MJ after off the wall. I know ain't gonna come easy, but I'm ruthless, boy. I'm about to build my empire like boy.
0: So the what I was saying there, so like stop looking at me like you've seen a man like this before. So you're already just acknowledging you know, this is someone different. This is a different person with a different journey. So I'm on my greatness chase like MJ after Off the Walls because after he did F- After Off the Wall, he did Thriller. Yeah. So that was his greatest <laughs> his greatest joint. Um, I, I know it ain't going to come easy like I'm Ruthless Boy. So that's a throw to easy E, so yeah. Ruthless Records. So just tying in those words and playing around with those with those words there. Um, and then I'm about to build my empire like I'm Lucius boy so Lucius line from Empire
1: to five, some of my
0: so basically in those lines I was just like yeah um straightforward like you know believe I'm a God, I'm a man of action uh, and a man of wisdom tying into you know my name etc but I'm more, anyone who knows me is that, I'm more of a just do it than just talk about it, you know. And if I talk about it, it means it's already been done probably at that point. And then the motivation is that we never had a pot to piss in. Straightforward, it's just like, you know, the, that's the hunger from day from day one. It's like you want more. You know, if you feel you don't have the things that you want and the places that you want to be, and that's the hunger, is that if you ain't got anything that you want, so you're gonna work for it, you know, from the from the ground up. And then they try to say that we can't eat when we built the kitchen. And that's a line basically to say is if this is an industry. If I'm in this rap industry and in this rap game and, and by we I'm referring to like, you know, to people of colour, like black people, this is, you know, this kitchen of rap is is an art form that we've created. So uh, how can someone, you know, from, you know, some A&R or someone, you know, some got A&R from wherever he's from, why do it and tell me that now, man, I don't think you've got the sell for so, for well, what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't sell that to me. Like, <laughs> we built this shit from ground, you know. So in general, just saying like I want, I'm going to eat, and this is this continues to happen in this industry too. But I'm going to eat, and I'm going to work in something that the culture that you know that I'm a part of, you know, and I'm from, you know, and I understand well. Is that changing? Do you
2: think, or is that still a bit of that Jurassic mentality out there?
0: I think it's I think it's it's changing a bit, um, a little bit, but it's not changed enough. Slowly, right? It's, it's slowly, but you know, but here's the thing, you know, there's two ways to go about it. There's People who are in the industry, okay. Look, best example that I, I'm going to refer to another example I was told that I, that makes sense. So now we know rap and hip hop is the number one genre in the world. That's hands down. Stats show it. Streaming numbers show it. Everything. So we know probably for the last two years now, right? Now in the genre of a label, if this is this is a black art form, no no beating around the bush. So then it's like in this genre, if you've got if this is the number one genre what all the CEOs and this is in America even not even here but if you've got CEOs who run these major labels or major imprints or who are head of these departments who come from another who aren't from that you know from that group or have not empowered some of these young anrs and all these you know people who can do that role from you know from that culture then it's still going on because imagine say for example uh, Diddy heading uh, heading uh, the label for a country label they're not going to let him be the head or the A&R of a a country imprint because they're going to feel that he's not capable. So then why is someone else then allowed to then be the head of his own genre and sense? So with that being said, like, it's still going on, but we are getting better. There's a lot of women in particular, women of colour, who are now being in certain positions and things like that. So we just need an all-round, you know, um, edition of, of people from different ethnic groups and and understanding of the culture who being in some of these positions Mm -hmm. and not just being vultures and, you know, taking from these artists and, you know what I mean, and all that kind of stuff. We hear it's the same story over and over, but it's just like it's about being action now. So it's about then, okay, if they're not going to let us in the door, then let's create our own imprints. Let's create our own businesses and let's, you know, go that way. Yeah, for sure, man.
2: You talked about hunger a lot in that last couple of lines there. Yeah. You reckon you still got that same young fire hunger that you had back in the day as you do now?
0: Nah. And that's that's being that's being honest, and that's something that I have to look at, like I address with myself every day, like just like because it's impossible that you're gonna have to, and this happens with anyone in any craft, you know. You can ask, a, you know, Anthony Joshua, is as hungry as he was when he first started boxing. It just depends. Like you have to put yourself in a position or move yourself away from any of the luxuries and all that kind of thing, and really figure out each goal. So now, what builds my hunger is okay. Um, and as silly as it may seem or materialistic it might seem, it's just like, you know, I want to now own, you know, a house. I want to buy my parents' house or I want to, you know, do things like that. We're not just taking care of it, but really like helping, you know, my generations or my my last name and things like that. So those things is what motivates me and makes me hungry. And also I want to be, um... I wanna be an influence. I wanna help this this country and this culture also be recognized on the world stage with everyone else. These are the things that make me hungry. But it's always gonna be harder to be as hungry as you were when you didn't have shit. You get what I mean? 100%. I think it's all I think that's and anyone who says any different is not telling the truth. But what it is we gotta find like little little things or little reasons that drives us and continues to push us you got to keep finding inspiration that's what that's what i think is the matter there
1: we do whatever it takes to provide and that's the code i treat it like a business every time i touch the road them shows are running up that merch is double up the fans are coming up yo girl she's one of us yeah
0: it's just like right um yeah man we do whatever it takes to provide and that's the code you know we we've got to work to to you know again be the better best version that we can be of ourselves and, and grind, that's the code with us. And then, so I treat it like a business every time I touch the road. So, you know, shows are running up, merch is double up, the fans are coming up. So in that regard, it's like saying that as well, not just being on the road and just touring, like I, these are the experiences I was going through. So just saying like, at first it's like having fun and shit, drink every night and t- perform every night. But then you also see it's a business as well. So you just got to be strat- strategic, you know what I mean? And then yeah, you go join the crew, yeah, and then And we parade around that being said that's just um, you know what I mean like it is yeah so we parade around the city like everything is good all good and then if you got a few wins on your belt after taking so many L's like mm-hmm. you want to celebrate it with your crew and your team so when you move around you move in big numbers and you just kind of enjoy the moment but it's turning it's just basically like and then you feel good the way you're looking and it, um, you know you're just coming out in your Sunday best and then just turning a hundo from a 50 so that's just uh adding on to that hustling mentality you know what I mean whatever you put in front of me we can double up but I wouldn't Remitted, you know, prideful. I'm a Scorpio, so you know what I mean. <laughs> Anything I do is sometimes I'm a very proud individual. Um, interior dirty, the whip matches <laughs> the way we ride, so that's basically a little throwback actually to one of my other lines uh, on a song I did feel something where it's just like uh, six boys in a five-seater you know what I mean Another yeah. you know they go man <laughs> it's, those it's dirty <laughs> cruisers, no red on the car no <laughs> license and you know, all that um, and yeah you know yeah uh, the way I slide like the BJs, we're standing alive, we out here, and yeah, we do the shit for exercise. So this is just fun, you know, but it's just, you know, progressive fun. I'll
1: be sending them off as quick as I send a text. Keep my foot up on and tell them we up next. I'll be working for twelve years like a I being answered, so I'm feeling blessed. It's
0: just a play on the words, play play on the on the delivery, etc. like that. So, um yeah, so I keep my foot on the next, keep applying that pressure, you know, and tell them we up next.
2: This this is probably my favourite four bars here. Yeah. And, you know, like there's a lot of personal insight into a couple of those lines, you know, um in particular, you know, I'm big on family and I've yeah. always kind of wanted to get my mum out of the fucking ghetto yep. for, for years. And
0: let's talk about that for a sec because you've actually managed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's an independent woman too. She's a grown woman like, you know, she's my mumsy, but – at the same time, your kids also help out with guidance and also help out with you know in general just wherever we can help our parents um it's kind of in a culture i guess more on the African side you know one of the funny things that um uh, it's kind of like some Africans say it is that Africans, African parents don't have superannuation, they have kids. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> that's the go there. But so it's just, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? a classic. So it is like that. But it's just about, you know, being that support system, helping each other because of all the years they help you. So, you know, even if it's, you know, if we can help mom come out to this side or whatever, we'll, we'll do that. But at the same time, she's, you know, quite independent as yeah. well. So. You know, them that.
2: Have, you, have your parents, how much of an influence have they been on your life?
0: Um, Massive, man. I think, you know, they kind of, they brought me up, you know, as much as they could to so you get to male teenage years and, you know, what it's like being a 14, 15-year-old from the end. So it's just kind of like from there you kind of, you're on your own road. You know what I mean? I think they figure out. But I, but to answer your question, big influence, you know what I mean? They're still present in my life, you know, and... Uh, the communication is there and they instill kind of like the morality and principles in, in me, you know what I mean? And so the, the reason they're kind of like the made me, the driven person that I am today and also the best qualities come from them, you know what I mean? And any other bad qualities, you know, it's, I probably just picked up from wherever, from some riffraffs, you know what I mean? So, yeah.
2: Probably spent a couple of years giving them a fucking headache too, I'd imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, you know, it's what it is. You you know, because I I was like an undiagnosed ADHD as well. So I don't think they knew that at that point. So I was a bit of a rascal and I struggled at school and just kind of like, you know, was always popular at school and that, but just struggled um, academically and, you know, and just kind of like did my own thing by the time I got to my teens. And and then from there, it was just a bit of a whatever, even to early twenties, you know, it was just, I was just doing whatever, man, and you know, some not really being shit, you know, just, just being whatever. So, but that's also a way that them to teach you, to be like, mm. you know what, here's your independence that you want and here's your thing, but don't come to us for things. Like, don't come to us for money. Don't come mm. to us for whatever. And even if you do sleep in your room, you know what I mean? Like, that's your room, but you can't, you know, you can't lock it. You can't close it up. This is our house still. So, you know, it's not like a, a hostel, you know what, yeah. what I mean? So gonna be here you have to do things around the house and all that kind of shit like that so they installed principles in me and then them letting you sort of go and realizing how the world really is as well because you can't be too sheltered and too bubbled so I thank them for that and then you know and then you come back and then yeah just be who you are
2: do you think like just on that there's a point in the teenage boy maybe girl's life too you know I can only speak for us but that you got to go out and explore for yourself and you're not always gonna make the right decisions but at some point those first, say, 10, 12 years of your life of what your parents instilled yeah. into you, it comes back. It comes back.
0: It comes back, man. And it's coming back now, if yeah. anything, now that I'm, you know, a, a lot older now in a sense. And it's just like I'm, I'm a more of an adult now, you know, a functioning adult. You know, I'm even doing shit like gardening, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and my dad used to do that, but I wasn't interested before. But now I'm just like a, in my apartment. I'm like, yo, I need some greenery out here, man. I'm out here gardening, bro, in my spare time. That's, you can thank COVID for that. It's, like, it's giving us more. Well, as it's new segment. Bro, bro, Coming at you. Come taste my chilies out here, bro. <laughs> yeah, they want to keep me buried under, but I stay
2: above. 3 a.m. up in the stew. Zero time for the clubs. Like I remember you when you had your setup in the studio here in yeah. Alexandria and I, I, I was working at another studio and every single time I was there, you were there and yeah.
0: you just <laughs> were working around the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a point where you were like, I gotta make this work? It was then bro. Like that right. was the hung the hungriest I've probably ever been at that point. It was right then and there. That was just there every night. And I was living out out southwest at that time That's right. so, You're so traveling, back I traveled before. it in. I didn't. I wasn't even driving at that point, so I was training it in. So you know, if the trains is done by twelve, you just sleep there on the couch. Wake up in the morning, keep going in. You know, sleep again in the stew, and then dip back. You know, maybe come back on the train. So you had no option. I had to be in there and just grind it out. Yeah. It's
2: funny because not everyone would know that shit no. or care for that shit, but no. like the blood, sweat, and tears that you've put in, and you know, artists in general. Yep. It's uh, you know, you, sometimes you kind of like wonder, like, why am I doing this? Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's why mental health has a big play in, yeah. in with creatives in general. Like, mm. do you do you think that's that that rings true?
0: Yeah, I think mental health has a big. I'm starting to notice it a lot more now. You know, because mental health and all that from from our culture and whatever from my background, it's it's a bit of a taboo. Like mm. no one talks about it. So, but now I'm becoming more aware of it, and then and that that like the grind is 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 there and, and and the process and everything that you go through. And like I was talking about earlier on, it's just real life is happening and you're also chasing this other mm. thing. And it's very easy to be, you know, to either stop or give up and all that. Or you then make it or, and then, you know, you in a place that you feel like you wanted to be, but then you're surrounded by all this shit that you don't even recognize anymore. And then you're sitting there and you're like, fuck, what's, is this what it is? You know, is this what it's all for? You know, so mental health also plays into it. But I think it's about... Realizing the core reasons that you started this in the first place, giving yourself those little benchmarks and those little goals to keep driving yourself towards and just really being in control of your energy, you know, that's around you. Yeah, man, for mm-hmm. sure. We roll out,
1: we roll out. you But you quick, Loyalty's the language, and we don't the in-
0: You know, that's just to play on the last lines as well like that's just kind of like on some shit, just mm-hmm. pumping yourself up and all that yeah. kind of stuff but then also just you know about going back to the code and and everything that you see around you you know what i mean just keep it 100 with who you are and who you being be who you are man don't worry about being trying to be someone else and yeah loyalty is a language and we don't let them lanes in so keeping what i just said before controlling your energy keeping your your circle tight you know and people who can be honest with you and um and upfront with you yeah. as well at all times and even one of the guys is like I consider like that Is one of the boys I was in the video The visual of The 64 bars Was in the booth With me as well uh, Yeah yeah. so He'll be the type Like yeah He'll be here in every bar And that was the first time He heard it But he can stand up And be like Yeah well, what was that <laughs> <laughs> But he He understands every line You know I'm- think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. in those lines and um and you know everyone can read between the lines in that sense but that's again that's not really being egotistical i think it's just being confident in who you are and backing up who you are you know yeah if before you have anything what is that Scarface line it says i've got my because i got my my all i've got is my words and my balls <laughs> because, <you know laughs> yeah. what I mean? like so everyone who doesn't have nothing can relate to that like so if you got your word and your manner of your word and that's it
1: once had a brother he go by Willie G we ran around the city I call that LP that's like Mr T but now his life is gone I guess RP
0: so that was a shout out to a good friend of mine that I grew up with and yeah his name's Willie G uh, full name William G- Gutierrez and um, he passed away like he got murdered um, in in Lanier where he lives and um, that was just kind of a homage to him because when I think of home and all the times that I was – when I was living in Liverpool, it was, you know, spent with you know, – we've got a lot of these guys that I used to play soccer with and everything like that. So I kind of gave him a shout because it was fresh when that happened mm-hmm. as well. And um, in one of my last videos uh, – well, two videos. So if you go back to one video that we shot um, that same year that we did these 64 bars, feel something. So there's like two guys in the front. In the front of their house. Oh, yeah. 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 And East Team Marine Boys. Yeah. And one of them is the guy I'm talking about. And then now you go forward to one of my songs called Where You From, which was like my last, like, ode or homage to that particular area, in a sense. Uh, he, we went to his gravesite then. So from one year then, he was, he was gone. So it was just kind of like, yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit, um, of a surprise and just kind of like, you know, um, I think it was more tough, you know, for his family and all that, because I knew what he was and who he could have become. Like this man, as a football player, as a, and by football I mean soccer, like was was amazing. Like scouts came from Europe to check this guy. Yeah. To lose his life to some something, you know, that we all know, you know, the area just comes, things happen, you know. Mm. So that was just paying my homage to him and just shouting him out because I wanted people to know his name and know his story, you know. So that was a, that was what that was about.
1: You know let's say about death that always coming in threes. I've been to more funerals than I care to see, but I can't make this about myself. God bless his family. You know they family me from different family trees.
0: Self explanatory, there. You know, it's like again, that's my like, you know, we were like fam. You know, my dad was like a kind of like a dad to them as well. You know, and, and whatever when their family was in tough places and and whatever. But and then seeing death that year, you know, seeing more, more, being more funerals and weddings. You mm-hmm. know, if anything now probably just matched up. I've probably just seen now the same amount, but it shouldn't be that way. Shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't see that many funerals.
1: And last year was a nightmare. Have you ever seen your life while you're right there? So I had no choice to pick it up. Bag that cut that off. Bad energy, can stay far away from the boy. So
0: that was what we were talking about earlier on, just like 2017 just being a feeling like a low point, seeing everything just go right past your eyes and you having no control except this music. So pick it up. Cut that off. Bad energy, go away, this, this and that, and just changing your trajectory because, you, again, you have full control of – you can't control everything. You can only control how you react to it. You know what I mean? So just like this year, for example, a lot of things was out of our control in 2020, but we can control how we react to it and what we do from there forward.
2: That line for me really stuck out because, you know, I grew up in a similar scenario where – you know, everyone's, everyone's doing it tough and um, there's a lot of talent floating about. Yep. And at some point, some are going to blossom and some are going to, you know, stay behind and mm-hmm. some are going to end up behind bars and some are going to end up dead, yep. addicted to drugs, everything like that. Do you feel like there, as much as there was support in the early stages, now with the success you've had, there are some bitter crew that float around um, and how do you deal with that?
0: Well, there's, there is a bit of crew and, and that like that is around. But it's kind of like you trying to, what you just said as well, there's people who, you know, can have themselves in, can come from worse circumstances than you, but use of friends and whatever. So the only thing that I hope I can do is just with the people immediate circle that I have and to others is just this kind of inspire people by saying, Hey brother, like, you know, exactly. We all started in the same spot, you know, and you know where I've come from from here to here and where we still need to go. So either you can, be a part of this and 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 learn and pick up from it and 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 be a positive force behind this, so we can better our situations for everyone else that we know, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, you also know this as much as anyone is like, you know, we all have those boys and, and those things where we can show you the water, but we can't force you to drink mm-hmm. from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's up to everyone around us. All we can hope to do is inspire and and motivate by our actions, you know.
2: Yeah. And what about even things like social media yeah. and and you know things like bad comments or people ripping in, how do artists block that bad energy out? Um, and some don't because they let it get to them. You know, what what do you like with that shit?
0: At first it's a bit like, fuck, you know, um, because I used to have that personality where you want everyone to like you, Mm. but everyone hates the person that wants everyone to like Mm. them as well. So it's just like, you had to get comfortable with knowing that people aren't going to like everything you do. You know what I mean? And, and the way you deal with it is just – I just try to watch – if I put out anything like, you know, on social media and comments, I try to read the first few, engage with the first few, you know what I mean, the first 10 minutes and then whatever, I'll maybe come back again in a few days and check it. But, you know, bad comments is going to happen just – and, and bad, like, energy is going to come your way. So you can't take anything to heart. If anything, I'll now look at it in a positive because I'm like – if I'm getting bad comments, it means that my music's stretching further than – it was before, yeah. because I was getting for the first couple of years. this was all nice. Yeah, everyone was nice. Just like your friends, and yeah. then I just realized, hey, that's my friend circle. Yeah. <laughs> that's why everyone's been hella nice. But then when I start getting like, you know, who the fuck is this, or I don't like what he, I don't, how do you, you know, then I'm like, you know, oh shit, stretching, yeah. it's going further. Yeah. But at the end of the day, those same people they see in real life, they're like, hey, <laughs> on the internet, that's happening, man. Love your shit, wise. Love, you shit <laughs> Love wise. your shit, bro. <laughs> God bless you. Did <laughs> you know that's like. Like mum's arms, like a mum's friend at work. <laughs> oh
2: shit!
0: So that
1: was just a bit of you know fun and you
0: know the situation in that regard. Everyone's been there with their missus, you know what I mean? Those those angry texts that just turn into something else.
1: The life of figures. So, you know, that's that's just basically
0: saying like now, you know, we're feeling like you know, feeling glorious, we're feeling like the people we've seen on TV and mm. doing the things that we've seen in all the documentaries, you know what I mean? And as growing up and wanting to live this rap life or this musician life, you know, so now we're living like our idols, but however the difference between ourselves and our idols, you know, well, maybe not so much. I'll say the difference, but it's like, our idols could be anyone like, let's put them, put that aside, but we just boys in the system. Like, so we've just come up through this, um, whether some people that can be, that can be double. So, it can be people who are from the system, you know, Kasser and all that. I'm not one of those people from that system, but it could be another system of where um we we've been brought up a certain way. We've been we've come up a certain way with a certain style of family and a certain style of teachings or a certain style of morals. And we like our parents are the type of people like they expected us to be like, oh, you this is the job you're gonna do. You're gonna be this and you're gonna be that and that's it. But we didn't like, it didn't do any of that. You know what I mean? I'm the only musician in my fucking family tree. Like, no one <laughs> did music. So, you know what I mean? Like, you expected to do this. So, we're boys in the system and then – um, but we make the same mistakes. Like, we ain't got intuition. So, all the things that we've done and all the things that we've experienced, whether good or bad, you know, at the end of the day, I will fucking – I would go back and and if I were to hit reset, I'll just go back and do the same things again because it makes you who you are to this day. So, you know, there are some things you would want to do better, but at the same time there's a lot of things that you would just do the same because it's part of your character. Yeah. So you are. Yeah. That's
2: the. There's something about the way you flow and the, that tone of your voice, it sets you apart and, um, you know, 64 Bars showed it. And And, yeah. uh, you know, you've had a stellar career and I feel like there was just an upward trajectory and a real fast pace. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's next. So talking on that, you know, like you've just dropped Think Twice, which for mm-hmm. me when I've just – jumped in the car and heard it on the radio, like didn't really listen for a sec. I was like, who's this? And I just thought automatically it was an international act. That's great. And I was like, that's fucking wise, you know? And then I heard the fucking feature and it just felt international. Yeah polished but still had the wise flow and, yeah, bless, and class to it, you know. So Appreciate you, talk man. us through, you know, how you kind of approaching that as well as the record. Is the mm. the rest of the record sounding like that?
0: I think now, yeah, so the, uh, the rest of the record does sound a lot more international, collaborative, and if you could see on that song as well, there's a bit of a balance between the singing and also yeah. the rapping as well, which, again – is about just finding myself and finding my sound and, and growing as an artist as well, which you know? I'd love to see yeah. you do more of. In particular,
2: yeah. when I heard "Under the Bridge" like a version, yeah, goosebumps. It's just right. one of my favorite tracks. Chili Peppers for me,
0: yeah. But you've got that tone about you where you can yes. go melodic, you know. Thanks, Cuz, I appreciate it. And that's why I was like, I was getting to a stage where you know, okay, I feel like I've done the rapping, 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 and even to some people, I'm they're just discovering me now, and yeah. people are still discovering me. But personally, I feel like uh, there's I have a few more tools in my in my in my arsenal. So let me just start, you know, kind of um, like exploring those a little bit and and accessing and delving those areas a little bit more. And some people are gonna like it a lot, and some people are gonna be like, "Fuck that!" Mm. Like just stay to the rapping. And I could mm. see that transition happening when I dropped, you know, uh, burn, and then maybe more so than this one. So I can see the shift of fans and all that. But that's what it is and the project is going to be a lot based on, you know, all, you know, those types of Sonics, collaboration. So with ko from the UK, like, I feel uh, – he's an artist I love and I feel like I can relate to a lot what he's doing because mm. he's just this artist who's – he's a powerhouse and he's so good and he's a poet as well mm. and, he you know, he he's a crazy performer but it's like he also is now built – still working up this road of building up his awareness – because there's a different sound that you know that's pop, quote unquote, popular right now in the UK. You know what I mean. So um, he himself, I felt like he's he's pushing boundaries and all that, and that's the type of person I wanted to collaborate with. And then when we reached out and we realized there's mutual friends and all that, and then for him to be part of it and also wanting to build his awareness in Australia, I was like, perfect, bro, let's get it. And so it kind of pushed me on that song as well to just to push it a bit more international sounding, you know, and not just. Not just think regionally, but think mm. internationally, and that's what the the whole is thing is behind this project. However, I think on the project, he's probably the only that this this album that I'm building. He's probably the only international feature at this stage. But there's a there's a bunch of features, but it's a highlight on a lot of the artists from from Sydney. Yeah, right. Maybe one from New Zealand as well. Yes, yeah.
2: And what's your plans over the next sort of six months?
0: The next six months, I'll even just say like the next few few couple months is just to finish up, the, finish, wrap this album, get it done, polish the best way I can and deliver it. In the meantime, in the background, we're just doing all the singles, shooting the video clips, getting everything prepped um, to start rolling it out. But what I'm looking forward to is just having a more continuous and um, a, more of a synergy of, of just releases this time. So... And, and also working on myself as an individual, not, you know, aside from music, just trying to better my mental health and better my physical health and also my real life. And then when when that's all sorted and all the music's there, which is pretty much there, but when it's there, then sh- just going and just going and aiming for the stars and not, not stopping.
2: See, bro. Well, yeah What are some of the more focal points of your life that you're
0: trying to better outside of music? Yeah, just like, again, like just like physical health, you know, relationships with my with my partner, you know, with my family um, and just just learning and trying to create something, you know, to create a a business and to create uh, something that I can, like, leave for my kids and for Mm. my last name and just really, like, you know, give my last name a presence here in Australia, you know what I mean? Because I carry the last name of my dad and then his dad before him and it sounds like real movie cliche but, like, to me, it's very important because, like, you know – I feel like I want to accomplish something out here for our for our family sure. lineage. You know what I mean? I want us to be known. I want it to be present. So yeah.
2: And you're the only you're the only the boy only, in your yeah, family, bro, too. Right?
0: The, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's the go. Nice, bro. Yeah.
2: Look, man, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. It's been an even more of a pleasure to watch your growth over the last ten years. Nice, and I bro, wish yeah. you nothing but success. And thanks for joining us yes, today,
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, boys. Yeah, man.
2: hope you enjoyed this episode of behind the bars make sure you review share and subscribe and check out all the episodes of 64 bars on the red bull music youtube channel